You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Well, how has COVID-19 affected the African tech and VC markets? Well, Ian Lessam is managing partner at VC firm Havak and has experienced the impact firsthand. Good evening, Ian. Hi, good evening. Good evening to everyone at home. And uh, we're living in extraordinary times. We're living in low-touch, socially distant uh, times, uh, and they are our new reality. But the one thing that uh, has happened thanks to COVID is that it's de-risked certain elements of tech to an extent. All of those things that companies have been talking about for such a long time, moving their IT into the cloud or, or doing things more digitally, were imposed upon them. What themes continue to emerge uh, from your vantage point that impact VC and tech in Africa? Um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, one can't, one can't move away from the fact that uh, technology post this COVID-19 world um, has absolutely, uh, or at least the adoption has accelerated of technology um, at rates that we haven't seen before. Um, but on, on top of just that adoption, I mean, um, the economic necessities around supporting SMEs is, is uh, well, it's never been as important as it is today. But in doing so, given the fact that we have so, so many great technological companies locally um, and the interconnectivity of societies and economies, one can't just simply think global and this global. You really need to support local while still thinking global and, and looking for you know, how one can support uh, local companies, uh, local families, local businesses, but with the prospects to potentially enter into other markets as well. Now, very often it's put to me, in that venture capital is a bit of a cosy club. I often get entrepreneurs who say they've got the next big idea. They're ready to become the next Uber or Airbnb or whatever disruptor you want to use. But they bemoan the fact that they can't uh, get the scale-up funding that they need to become that next uh, unicorn or minotaur, whatever mythological creature you want. Because VCs don't want to take the risk. And there's a small pool of proper VC in the country. And it's a cosy club. How how do you filter transactions? How do you come across these exciting fintechs, these new SMEs that have the potential with local innovation and local solutions to become global players? Well, for us, I mean, there's two things that we really focus on. The first thing is, do you have a right to play? So, I mean, it's one thing to say, I've got an idea. There's another thing to execute on it. So, you, you, you know, as as South Africans, as Africans, we, we're really good at certain things, but we can't be good at everything, just like different parts of you know, the world, people or, or societies have their niches. So what right do you have to play? You know, do, do we have a right to start Uber of Africa from South Africa? Are we going to do it better than um, a very well-funded Silicon Valley-based uh, uh, company like, just using Uber as the example, I mean, the chances they are quite slim. Um, but certain things, I mean, one of the examples, I and mean, we've got a very, very big skew towards health tech and health uh, innovation. I mean, dating back to, I think, I'll probably get the date wrong, but around 1976 or 1978, in the, what we call the medical equivalent to the, uh, the space race, it, it was Christian Barnard who, who um, performed the first successful heart transplant. And one forgets that that's quite an achievement. I mean, uh, the fact that South Africa, well, the top of Africa was able to kind of beat some of the developed markets to something that was you know, absolutely uh, groundbreaking at the time. 
um, you know, building on that. And so, well, that theme of, of health innovation has, has very much uh, carried through all the way to a great example of the Vitality, Discovery Vitality Wellness Program. I mean, Vitality, um, they, they, they teach it at NCR in France. Uh, I think they service about 20 million people through affiliates through the wellness program. So it's, it's one of the things that will be able right to play. Wellness, uh, healthcare, health tech would be one of them. Um, and the second thing is, I mean, importantly to us is around supporting what we would call real businesses. Um, so it's one thing to say I've got the next big idea, but the next, for us as well, is that idea significant? Is it going to help people? Is it going to change lives? Is it a real world business? And I like to use an example, and it's probably a bad example, but if one invests in Twitter, I'm sure many people made a lot of money, a lot more money than, than I probably have ever made. Um, but if Twitter was to fall over tomorrow, other than um, a, a certain U.S. president not having uh, a platform to vent, vent, you know, uh, vent through, it wouldn't really make a difference. It's not solving anything real. Um, but again, going back to, and obviously we invest in a merger of things, health tech, fintech, safe tech, business acceleration, um, etc. But health is a great example. It's really something that people need, and COVID's brought that out. Where you, you simply, you know, I think society almost discounted the role of doctors, medical experts, etc. And right now, I, I don't think, any, you know, if you've got a friend or family or a loved one who's a doctor, I think everyone, including myself, and um, in that position, is very proud to be associated um, with doctors, which, which, strangely enough, wasn't, I think, the case um, pre COVID, because it was mm. almost like a you know, the strange anomaly of society. Uh, and also the ability to use technology like um, uh, video consulting and telemedicine was on the fringes. It's now become very much mainstream, so much so that uh, certain medical schemes that uh, were uh, not really covering uh, consults via tele um, uh, or video conferencing pre-COVID are now uh, covering it as part of their, their policy so that the space evolves and moves so quickly. What are some of your investee companies um, that uh, are good case studies for the impacts of COVID-19 and how to navigate these rapidly moving times? So, I mean, while we, we're talking, I suppose, in the, in the health space, we'll, we'll carry on that thing. And one of our businesses, the business is called Herex. And what they are is they're an audiology technology company, which is incredibly specific um, and, and I won't pretend I was an expert in this field until I got involved in the company myself. So basically the, this, um, what their technology allows one to do is through the hardware that sits in uh, hearing aids as well as software that sits in a phone, they are able to auto-program and constantly reprogram um, one hearing aid. So you are aware of anyone, I'm not sure, People, people uh, at home, uh, you know, have some sort of touch points. Some two people who are hearing impaired. Um, access to audiologists is very, very difficult. Very, very expensive. There aren't that many, and it's very specific. And what their solution has done is it basically allowed for, uh, you know, people to be able to get universal access to 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 proper hearing treatment. But bring it closer to the numbers. So this is a South African business. Um, uh, born out of uh, Pretoria, and we launched into America um, together with some of the leading um, pharmacy—sorry, uh, uh, um, yeah, pharmacy chains—in um, January, um, which one would say is not a great time to launch. But in that time, we've managed to 
accelerate um, increase revenue by 16 times um, by the next year. This time we're going to be, I think it was in, in 41 states, um, and we will be in close to 10,000 stores across the U.S. And this is just, you know, not really going into the specifics of what exactly what they do, how they're going to do it, but it's a great example of, uh, you know, what, what right you have to play, healthcare, both in that Christian Barnard, um, Pretoria-based uh, local ingenuity, um, really, really, um, I'd say, playing with the big boys in the U.S. Um, it's Phenomenal. wonderful to see. Purex. Uh, now, uh, one uh, final comment on a big lesson that you've learned through all of this, uh, Ian. It's, uh, I think, been um, loaded with lessons, this crisis, this pandemic. What's the big one for you? Um, I mean, on, on our side, to be honest with you, it's actually... Um, we probably discounted the importance of our role and, and what our contemporaries do in the ecosystem. So, you know, the role of any investor, any financial institution, be it a bank, um, a pension fund, et cetera, we not only look after uh, our clients' money, but we also there to lubricate and, and help in the economy. I mean, just talking closer to him, I mean, we've got 13 investments. We employ about 200 people. But we operate, so 200 people is not that many people, we operate in 183 countries in the world. So it's 13 companies, 200 people, 470,000 clients, pretty much global. I mean, there's only 193 countries, so pretty much anywhere in the world, as long as there aren't, you know, there aren't any sanctions. There. And, and not, I'm not saying that to kind of make us seem grand and wonderful. There's many, many other companies doing great things in the space, but don't discount the impact that one can have in one you know, the impact that South Africans, Africans can have on the, on the global stage, particularly in the technology space. I think that's a fantastic lesson at a time when we do tend to navel gaze uh, and uh, and run ourselves down as South Africans. We can certainly compete in many areas uh, with the best in the world. Ian Lesson, managing partner at uh, VC firm Havac, with uh, the lessons that they've learned through COVID-19.